Welcome to the Rural Record Producer podcast. I'm David Booth from the Recording Booth studio in rural Suffolk, UK. The studio is a building in my garden, so yes, I am making records in an English country garden. I'm a music producer, singer, songwriter, drummer, guitarist, and in fact, uh, eternally distracted multi-instrumentalist. In these podcasts, I'm going to be talking to a whole bunch of different people with one thing in common. They make some or all of their living from music. So expect songwriters, promoters, brand specialists, electronic drums, wizards, live sound engineers, choir leaders, gig bookers, festival curators, tribute band musicians, music charity chiefs, and a whole lot more. I'm based in the UK, but I have musical friends all over the world, so I'll be doing my best to hook up with them over the coming weeks and months to give a broader view of this crazy collection of jobs we do. My guest this week is Abby Moore. First and foremost, she's a singer. But that simple title doesn't do her justice, as she has so many more strings to her bow than just her wonderful voice. So, let's say, hello, Abby Moore! Hello, David Booth. So here's the thing: we are um, we are speaking uh, in obviously in different um, parts of the country in the UK. So I'm in rural Suffolk, and you are in where? The city of Nottingham. Nottingham in the yes. East Midlands, I believe. Yes, that's uh, yes, correct. Yes, yes, I do know where it is. So uh, we 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 we're doing this uh, not just because at this point in history it's all a bit weird mm. uh, for for those of you listening in three or four years time to this podcast. Um, uh, you'll remember the the, uh, the virus year. Well, that's that's where we are right now. But but actually, uh, Abby lives in Nottingham anyway, and I live down here in Suffolk. So um, it, it, we'd probably be doing this anyway, even if we weren't forced to. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. So, uh, well, it's very nice to speak to you, Abby. You um, too. And thank you for joining me uh, on the podcast. Um, You're welcome. I want to do, what I want to do with this podcast thing here is open up uh, people's imaginations to the huge range of different mostly daft jobs that that we all get involved in just to try and uh, make a living through music because music is what we know best um so that's what we end up doing so i'm aware that um you have done many jobs uh many different roles and still do um in this daft industry um and i i met you when you were being a singer-songwriter yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, I know you did things before being a singer-songwriter and I know you don't do currently singer-songwriting, even though I'm trying to persuade you to do it again. <laughs> um, but anyway, tell me, if if you would, about how on earth you got into music. Uh, and if you if that means telling me about, you know, when you were three years old and somebody mm-hmm. handed you a cornet, like like me, uh, <laughs> the, what, how, how did you get into music to begin yeah. with? my very very first earliest memories are just singing I just have always loved singing I literally cannot remember a time that I didn't sing and I think actually I sang before I spoke um which sounds kind of crazy but I was I was always making tunes and melodies and sing music was a I remember it being a great comfort to me all the time like like before I could even articulate uh, my feelings and words and being able to express myself I remember I can still remember them now three or four songs that touched me so deeply I wouldn't have been able to explain it to my family or my parents <laughs> it's always had a really emotional effect on me and a really it did depending on the type of song and it's still the same case today you know it can make me scared it can make me um excited it can make me happy 
I can feel really sad and lonely. Um, and it's all, all of those emotions are really very much sparked by music and they always were. And so music, I feel like was a language that I understood before I actually could speak and understand words, if you see what I mean. Okay. Um, so I, I guess after that, it was just a natural progression. I, 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 did, I have always sung. I, I will kind of put that out there because it, it's, um, I know some people learn to, to do certain instruments over time and some people kind of start having a bit of a flair with something. And certainly for me, I've always had a, a, an affinity for singing. The other instruments that I learned later on in life came from having lessons, but I have always sung. Um, and I think, you know, you go through this progression of finding your passions and finding your skills and talents over time. So uh, singing for me was always the thing that I did naturally. And then, you know, when you go to primary school and secondary school, you start getting involved with choirs and bands and maybe you have some music lessons, which is the case with me. I, um, I actually when I started secondary school, I was forced to play the violin, which <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, hilariously, that's the thing I'm most qualified in to this day. I actually have a grade eight in violin. I don't know how I passed because I was terrible. <laughs> um, and I, I I did grades in, in singing and violin. Uh, I think I did a couple in drums, actually, or percussion. Did I? I can't remember. I had percussion lessons for a while, but I can't remember doing wow. grades in them. So, um, yeah, so so I, I I suppose at school, you know, because they were so obsessed with qualifications and stuff, I ended up doing loads of grades in violin. But I, I was never really that fussed about the violin. It, it was something that my my string teacher wanted me to get into because she didn't have enough violinists oh. in the orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> so she picked on a load of weak first years and that was me. Um, but yeah, singing, I, I, I would even go as far as to say that singing grades for me were really boring it wasn't what I wanted to do it's not mm. the style of singing I, I was always more interested in composing my own stuff doing my own thing singing the songs I liked and you know singing early one morning for example which is probably still in the syllabus now wasn't really my thing but you kind of do it because you're going through school and whatnot yeah. um so yeah I just um I've always sung but around that I had yeah lessons in keyboards and and uh, I didn't have lessons in piano but I did have keyboard lessons when I was a kid and that eventually kind of gave me some skills towards being able to play the piano on my own if you see what I mean I my yeah. I would I class myself as being self-taught on piano because I didn't playing organ which was fashionable in the early 80s um <laughs> kind of gave me some knowledge of music theory and of course I did theory at school but um, again I'm, I'm really not a theoretical musician at all I do absolutely everything by memory by feel by ear um, which is probably why we've gotten so well over the years when we've worked together because I'm the so. same <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah wow okay so uh I, there's something that you you just started to touch on then um that that I I have found since so I we met we met in uh about 2012 ish something like that wasn't it something like that. uh mm. uh and you were playing um in you're in your singer songwriter mode um playing a gig at the little rabbit barn in in near Colchester and I was doing sound there um and we got chatting um and and then um so we we started uh, then there was a gap and then you sent me a text message asking how to record a mandolin 
how would you record a mandolin, Dave? I was like, well, it depends what it's for, really, and what gear yeah. you've got. And so, and then uh, from that, we carried on and recorded an album eventually, which was uh, which is a marvelous album, actually. Uh, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, which I'm very proud of. Um, so we might come back to that. But there's this thing. So that's just a bit of background as to for, for the dear listeners as to how we've worked together. Um, mm. But one thing during working together that you were just starting to touch on was was that the, you want to do things your way. So that, that came in through your lessons <laughs> there. Bring this up. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> to, to describe you as an independent uh, musician and, and business person, uh, I think is underdoing it. Fiercely independent is the way I, I would describe uh, I don't. I don't mean to come across as so so forceful. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, we we all got used to being told what to do. Uh, and and uh, forgive my language, dear listener, but um, the the famous phrase that has now carried on in my studio with all of my my clients is, yeah, that 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 was that was that was really good. Uh, could you now do it less shit? Uh, uh, which which came from. Um, Abby Moore. <laughs> when, when you see her, you think, no, she couldn't possibly say things like that. But oh, yes, God, I do. Um, so, I so that was... most, of, most of my life is spent trying not to swear. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we, we'll we'll do we will do that. We'll uh, we might just have got away with that one, and we won't do any more. But um, uh, the the yes the so we got used to uh, I got used to uh, and actually uh, it's very um, I find it refreshing. Uh, I like oh, being good. challenged on if I'm if I'm making decisions in the studio or live. Um, I like being challenged on it because it really makes me think about it and it makes me learn sometimes as well um, and, and think. All right, well, I've just said let's let's put some really decent rock drums down to this track. Well, why? Well, uh, okay, because it will sound good. Now, and you have to think about more deeply than that. So that's that's something I found that you definitely did. So has that independent let's just keep it like that i won't make it any stronger than that that independent spirit do you think that's run through everything uh you've done and it's how you've ended up being where you are and doing what you're doing now which we'll talk yeah, about shortly that's quite an interesting point actually because i i think i think a lot of this comes from the fact that i have now i know we're in a period of self-isolation at the moment but actually it's not that different from my real life if i'm going to be honest i i when i and it kind of sounds funny but but actually i've been thinking about it the last few weeks i've i've pretty much always been mostly in isolation um I, I chose not to go to university when all of my friends did uh, because I was so determined that I wanted to do music. And from the age of 18, I kind of have shut myself away and done my own thing solidly. And I'm now 37, so that's quite a lot of years <laughs> of doing that. Um, and I've sort of tried to beat my own little path through the through the woods, if you like. Um, and, you know, so so from a very early age, I've kind of thought right well I'm not with my peers I'm not um you know I'm not I, I'm I've been self-employed for a very long time and and I think part of coming part, part of what comes with being self-employed is that you have to get up every day and make your plan and follow a schedule and 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 be there and do it and uh, otherwise you get to the end of the day and you could have quite easily done nothing you know sounds familiar and I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does happen um, occasionally <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I I'm kind of used to being sort of isolated from the sort of I don't know how to say it but the the society 
working the way it does in terms of you you know you go to university you get a job you get married you have kids you know I'm, I'm not saying that that's the norm for everybody but but on the whole you know having never been employed by somebody else and having always been on my own and always done my own thing and, and made my own business work the way it works for me I think it, it can almost take you out of real life and and so I only mm. know how to operate on my own in my own company. And I, of course I, I go out and I entertain and I, I um, lead choirs. And so I, I have times when I'm in front of a massive amount of people, but it's very much a life of extremes. I'm mostly in complete solitude and then I'm in crowds or, or <laughs> leading crowds. Um, and it just flips from one to the other, but it, it does include an awful lot of, of pretty much self-isolation really. Um, uh, all of the creative projects I do are done in four walls on my own. Yeah. Um, mostly, um, I do play with a band at the moment, but that's kind of, you know, obviously off, off the cards at the moment, but, um, so I'm very used to my own company and I suppose in answer to your question, it, it yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I realize that I can be quite, um, do it this way, do it that way, do the other way. I don't mean to be so forceful or, or bossy. Um, but I think I've just kind of got used to the way I work and the pressure I put myself under. And I think sometimes, yeah, yeah I can, I can be guilty of, of, um, I don't know pushing too hard. Maybe. Well, well, okay. Well, uh, I would say that that doesn't, that that's not a, a character flaw. Uh, for me, that's just, um, you know, your mind and mm. you know, the level of results you're capable of. And mm. if you're going to work with people, uh, all right, it might be different if you're working with a, we'll talk about the choirs in a minute, but if you're working with a, a bunch of just friendly people who fancy a bit of a sing you know rather than being to a standard mm, but if yeah. you're working with yeah. as we've done together working with musicians or producers or you're trying to put an album together or or you're doing an arrangement for something and working with somebody else then you expect that level as well so mm. I, I don't think that's um, a bad thing and actually I think it's probably why you are have arrived at this point in your or life and you're, you're still self-employed successfully in music at the age of 36 7 did you say 7 7 7, seven. <laughs> um i can't believe you're that old abby no, no i know <laughs> i can't either <laughs> it's a uh, bit terrifying I am, I am contractually obliged just to say that so <laughs> but, um, thank you the, the, you're very welcome uh, um so uh, i i think that um that's why you're successful um and okay uh successful means that uh, a lot of things to a lot of different people. And, and there was a wise man I worked with a few years ago, a bunch of years ago now who tried to point out to me that I was being successful just because I was playing in a band that was filling out nice theaters in, in Essex mm. um, at the time. And I was saying, no, I'm not successful because I'm not earning enough money to do it for a living. So I was doing music part-time and another job part-time. Um, but actually he was right. Uh, and, and the, so I guess for us now in our, uh, I'm the same that I, I'm self-employed, in music um and and it's my living and you are the same and i think that sometimes it's not necessarily the most technically amazing uh players or, or singers although you are a technically amazing singer i'll say that straight away um that that, that are the most successful it's the people who've got the drive and some ability and then work on that ability yeah. uh, and perhaps have got a, a vision as well um, mm -hmm. about where they want to be in five years time and they're not just bending and, and, along. And I think tenacity as well. Um, yeah. It, 
God, I've had to be such a strong person yeah. to keep going <laughs> with yeah. this. Because, you know, it's like every year, you're like, right, that's it. Can't do this anymore. This is yeah. too hard. Yeah. Every year. And then the years just keep adding up and still over here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah I, I think uh, I d- I, I, I've always been very, very driven. I've always known what I wanted to do. And I've always um, had a, a sort of private inner fire that just continually burns it often gets dampened out and I I get angry a lot of the time and I get tired even more of the time Mm. um but it's just I feel like I was born to do this and you know it's it's me and I am defined by my job and maybe that's a bad thing I don't know but it's um uh well I think that's uh, that's this I mean you you are you you are the second uh of my guests on on this brand new podcast um but I got the feeling that everybody I know uh certainly the first 12 or 15 people i'm going to speak to hopefully on the on, on this podcast and i think all of them would have that in common um yeah uh i i think uh, music is just what we are and yeah. therefore that is what we've ended up doing because yeah, it's the only thing that we're truly passionate about okay i've had uh, uh other jobs as well when i've had to um not for a long while now but um just to you know especially with kids you've got to do what you've got to do haven't you but um yeah, yeah. It, it, music will always come back and even in the times uh when i've had them too uh when i thought that's it i'm giving up i'm going to go and get a proper job and and the thought lasts about 12 hour, hours <laughs> yeah uh and yeah. then the, the one your friends or partners or whatever say yeah of course just have a rest and then you're back the following day <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. Perhaps I was hasty. So yeah, <laughs> sleep on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, tell me, you've mentioned it already that the choirs. So mm. um, you've been doing, you've been singing in choirs a long, long time, but leading choirs as well. Um, did that? Did that? Tell me about you. Just your, your, how how you got involved in choirs yeah. and then got involved in leading them. Yeah. Well, um, the first choir I led was actually when I was at school. Um, I put together a little gospel choir. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd already, I suppose, started arranging. I mean, I've been writing music for forever. Um, I mean, I, I, somewhere I've got a cassette tape from like 1986 of when I learned to press the record button on my parents' radio. <laughs> I was tiny, I'm like, oh, if I press this and sing, it records my voice. <laughs> so I've got, got Ooh, hundreds like of this. cassette tapes. Of, yeah, <laughs> of varying, varying level or varying qual- uh, qualities <laughs> of songs. Um, and mostly they were just songs for me. They were, they were, they were songs, you know, uh, me songwriting for myself. But um, the more I learned about singing and the more I started, you know, I used to do that thing where you'd record yourself on the radio, then take the tape out and put it in your tape player, play back your first voice and then record yeah. your second voice over the top of your voice. Yeah. And, you know, very early kind Been of... <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah so and, and obviously the, the the quality got worse and worse the more times you turn the tape over <laughs> um but it gave me a chance to play with harmonies um harmonizing against my own voice or with my own voice if you like um and that kind of led to me arranging vocal stuff and um I yeah when I was probably 17 or 18 I put together a little vo- a little gospel choir at school uh, using some of the arrangements I'd I'd made and it was a bit of a laugh really at the time it wasn't anything I took majorly seriously but it's something that I really loved and I I parked that for a long time because then I left school and then I was just fighting you know to make a living out of gigging and you know doing shows and a bit of teaching and 
And I worked for eight years um, for a company called Soundlinks um, in Lincolnshire. Uh, and I was sent out to uh, lots of different community settings. So it might have been primary schools or nursery uh, nursery groups or uh, youth centres and all sorts of different ages of children, uh, mostly um, at the time. Uh, so I was teaching everything from babies and mums uh, to Eight, 16 17 18 year olds in in youth centers and and each project was slightly different so i i was uh, like with the with the youth centers i was teaching cpm contemporary popular music so we'd take a whole kit of pa system and you know there would there'd be two of us leaders and we'd teach all the the teenagers how to play as a band so right. you know okay. so, drums and vocals and keyboards yeah. and whatever um and uh, so, so I was doing a little bit of that, and then I was doing singing in primary schools with the with the staff and with the children. And then I was doing I was the music lady at nursery, so I'd go with a massive bag of instruments and we'd do little you know baby groups and stuff. So I, I spent those eight years teaching children around gigging as well. Amazing um, experience. Yeah, it, I have to say it was really hard work on the voice. Um, I, I used to find myself often by the end of the week, I couldn't speak, let alone yeah. sing. So it yeah. wasn't great for, for, for gigging as well. Um, but it was a brilliant experience. And, it, you know, it made me be able to, to, I think partly that and partly being on stage made me able to speak to anybody, really, any age group. And but um, I think I got to a point where I was like, I, I was struggling with with teaching children because I think a lot of the time, because uh, I was also teaching colleges as well as teaching um, national diploma and, and oh God, I can't even remember the name of the qualifications now. HND. Okay. <laughs> yes, uh, national diploma. HND. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the a lot of the young people in my groups were there because their parents had made them or there because they thought it might be an easy way into, you know, higher education okay. to do music or singing and stuff. And um and I I just thought, you know what, I just would really love to teach people who actually want to do this they actually want to sing and they're yeah. not here for other reasons you know and and I needed a bit of a break from it it'd been a long time of teaching that sort of age mm. group and and I and I, I guess because I'm so mo motivated and so focused it kind of it began to grate on me a little bit when you're teaching people that don't really care and I'm not saying that was across the board it was just towards the end of, okay. of my time um, teaching through that company I, I just thought you know what what I would love to do is teach adults who want to sing how to sing and yeah. forego all the instruments because um, obviously you know at that time I was doing a lot of gigging most of my income really as well maybe maybe not most of it but a lot of my income was coming from doing gigs and yeah. my body was actually starting to hurt from shifting my gear around the country all the time and I was starting to get pains in my left hand side from the amount of guitar and violin I was playing and, and mandolin because I, I only play string instruments really um and you so play I a little thought, bit of piano actually well yeah I play piano but yeah. otherwise you know there's a lot of <laughs> stuff that I have to do with my left hand side yes. you know yeah, yeah. um and I was just getting a bit uh, yeah I just thought if I if money was no object and if I actually did what I wanted to do what would I do outside of gigging I would always want to gig and, and write yeah. um and I thought I love I love singing that is my main passion that is my love I know about it I'm good at it and I'm passionate about it so 
I'm just going to teach people how to sing yeah. and I'm going to do it in, in multiple parts of harmony and I'm going to arrange all the songs because that will feed my creativity as well. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I started doing. So I, I teach adults now, um, uh, always over 16. So I have, a, <laughs> have an over 16 okay. policy. Yeah. So but <laughs> um, did you actually just start by putting a poster up in yeah. a town and say, I'm yeah. starting a choir, come and join it? Absolutely. Just, that's just how I, I do most yeah. of my... Yeah, even with gigs um, the last few years, I, I tend... I've tended to take matters into my own hands because, you know, you go through periods yeah. where people aren't paying for music or certainly not paying for original music. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of think, well, how can I make this work for me? And and I, I ended up, yeah, both with my teaching and with my gigs, either hiring, well, hiring a venue and then yeah. going, right, the onus is on me to get people here now. Yeah. Um, and so lots of, of posters and leaflets and advertising and press and doing radio interviews and 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 actually that teaches you an awful lot of skills as well I've always I always say to people now being a musician is probably for me about 20% music now the rest of it is learning how to write a website learning how to design posters and leaflets talking to people on the phone like writing good emails and promo stuff and absolutely yeah and that's a real uh, reality check I guess for people uh, who want to come into the industry who want to work in music um, it's it is that, isn't it? Especially if you're going to be mm-hmm. self-employed. Uh, yeah. I think 20% music is, is probably, uh, <laughs> you get, you're doing, you're doing all right <laughs> with 20% oh, music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think with a lot of, well, it's, I guess sometimes it's, it's, uh, you do music and then you might have a, a whole week when you're just doing your tax returns or, oh, yeah. yeah. Or, oh, God, yeah, like yeah. Say, or build, learning how to build your own website or, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And I'm doing an awful lot of editing at the moment because I, because I do so many arrangements. Um, I'm now, in this period of self-isolation, I'm I'm trying to run my choirs remotely. And, and so now a cappella is really hard because uh, obviously I have sopranos, altos, tenors, basses in, in my choir and they all sing something completely different to each other. Yeah. So I'm now making videos of every single section's part oh you love it through the whole song i've I've seen some of these videos you even wear a different color top for each part i do and i'll tell you why because your choirs have that do they well uh, they do now they didn't always but Uh, i've actually uh, the last year i've um changed their uform so i can see who's singing in which section by the color of their top because it makes the conducting much easier yeah um and for that reason i'm now wearing the same color as them in my video so that everybody you know the altos will know oh we're purple follow the purple (laughs) but i thought that was a great idea uh so i've I've seen these you've got to show me how to do these actually uh, these these multiple screen videos um they're hard uh, they're they're not hard they're time consuming like each song is taking me about two days each oh my lord Okay. Yeah. So that's what I've got to go because I quite fancy because okay I I I am I am known I suppose my USP is I play a bit of everything and that's why some people come to my studio rather than another studio. So there's lots of great engineers around, but because I play drums and guitar and sing and write, um, I sort of fancy having to go at doing a video that that shows sort of you know this is what I do and, and, and having me playing the guitar and singing and then having me come in on a set of drums and then, you know, um, it's, it's a, a and e- right even now if it you, seems like a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Even if you do it in one take, so for example, I'm singing the, each section of the choir's song 
even if I do it in one take and don't make any mistakes, yeah. it still takes two days because of the editing. Because oh of my God. like I'm I'm putting lyrics up on top of the footage and you've okay. got to make sure everything's synced to the audio to the visuals yeah. and you know, and I don't know, there's inevitably you have problems along the way somewhere. Perhaps I'll just stick with I've, filming myself on a phone. You should do it. You should do it, but it, it just be prepared. It's gonna take up a lot of your life. Oh god, okay. <laughs> it, it will get quicker because you get into a formula after a while. Yeah, okay. You're listening to the Rural Record Producer Podcast with me, David Booth, and my guest, Abby Moore. Uh, so right now, at this moment in time, um, apart from the fact that uh, we're, we're not doing anything with people in the same room, uh, mm. thanks to uh, the wonderful COVID-19, um, what, what is your, uh, how many choirs are you on at the moment? How many, how many are you running at the moment? Well, um, so I've got the, uh, so Totally Vocally is my big, my biggest choir that I do the most work for. Um, so I'm still running that uh, virtually now on Tuesdays, plus all the time in between okay. I'm making the videos yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, I also run the Nottingham Voice Collective, which is a monthly singing workshop for anybody. Um, I've had to, again, change tack with that a little bit. Um, so now I'm, I'm making tutorial videos for them as well, because acapella harmony singing doesn't work via online uh videos like this yeah. because yeah. of the delay and whatnot. absolutely yeah so i'm doing that as well but that's just once a month um i also lead the nottingham people's choir and at the moment we're currently working out what we can do because it's a slightly different um kettle of fish that one um and it's a, a much older um okay. audience and so obviously technologically okay. um, we're, we're just trying to find the easiest way to yeah. make that work so that's currently in a bit of a pretend if we were in a normal world uh so you were doing these things in a normal normal way uh mm. i.e we could get into the same rooms as these people etc um do you do you like being able to have some different projects on the go that uh does, does it use different parts of your skill set yeah. or is it just the same uh, is it different because some uh not so great singers or some are an older crowd or whatever um, and do you like all of that different stuff yeah on the whole i i do like having separate projects i like having different things to do i i get bored extremely easily um and anything that is not stimulating to my brain i end up kind of giving up on to be honest so um so everything i do is is important to me and, and is fun what i do suffer from and is something that i've spent my life trying to to sort and still don't feel like i've completely got there is that i i have my fingers in too many pies mm. all the time yeah every year i think i'm going to streamline i'll make this this and that that and i try and keep things separate and and i feel personally that it's kind of like there's an old Inca proverb that says, if you chase two rabbits, you'll lose them both. And that's kind of, that really has <laughs> been true of my life. I tend to never be yeah. hugely successful in any arena because I'm in so many arenas. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I'm always thinking, right, what can go, what, what yeah. needs streamlining? I've just got, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I sing and I arrange for Abby and the Tasty Morsels. I'm which is what? lead singer of which is a, a 1940s and 50s a cappella four piece, um, which I love. That's really, really good. But, fun. but do you love that? So, so, so I, I know what it is, but I asked you just to, so, so that the listeners can, can know what you do. But do you just like that because you get to sing and dress up? 
Um, Ad- admit no, it. Because no, you guys look I, like I, you're having I so much fun. I will not admit it. <laughs> we are. No, the thing is with that, um, it, it was nothing to do with the dressing up at first. It is now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, but just, I'll tell you what it is with that. The, the style of jazz singing in the 1940s was so interesting. Okay. So interesting yeah. to sing. And it's a, it's a style that, it's that kind of scatty, um, scat, jazz kind of thing that just your voice is continually moving up and down and around and around and it's sort of the Andrews sisters kind of thing um and I think when I first I I first arranged Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy was the first song I did for Tasty Morsels and I just loved it with every tiny piece of my heart singing that song because it's so difficult and and I feel like I'm flying honestly I feel like I'm flying when I'm singing those songs and so I just kept adding to them and I'm like oh my god I love this this yeah. type of jazz this this swing jazz boogie woogie stuff is just amazing to sing and so it started off because of that yeah. but then of course you know all the fun of the vintage clothes and vintage hair and vintage makeup and then I I found the girls to do it with me who were amazing and, and really good fun and they've all got that same sense of fun and that uh, I think we all really do genuinely love it and we do have yeah. a, a massive laugh and, yeah. and it, it's it comes across it's exciting and, that, that does yeah. come across I mean I've only seen videos of you I've not seen you in mm. the person yet but uh, it does come yeah. across that you look like you're just having the best time so yeah yeah uh, it's <laughs> which is cool because it, it, that's an accidental thing you know um and it's not always the case with musical projects you know you kind of have a vision about doing something and and, and the reality is not quite a, yeah. what it matched up to be so this is this is the opposite in that you know i had this idea for doing this and i wanted to do it but i didn't know whether it'd be successful or not yeah. it turns out it is really successful because it's niche and people really love what we do and we've been getting gigs without trying you know which Brilliant. is is a, a real change <laughs> well yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean you got into that because you were talking about uh i think you were talking about like arranging and or tra- yeah. trying to do well, less just jobs. doing too many things so yeah uh, yeah, yeah. So, so you've ended yeah. up doing that but you love it um yeah. I, I think what you're talking about though is just the reality of being self-employed isn't it you yeah, it's it you've got to be awfully careful to say no to something <laughs> you've got to be absolutely yeah, sure and, that, mm. that you're you're stable enough in your income and yeah. and also your happiness and, to, to not want to do something of course yeah. and of course the, the the kind of flip side of that is that as a self-employed person in music i wouldn't say this for any any other thing but in the arts you're trained not to say no because you never know when the next job is exactly. you know going to yeah. come from and so yeah. you're so used to saying yes 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 yeah. i'll take that and that and that and that yeah. um and and there was a time when i had to say yes to absolutely everything and and i you know three or four times in my life i've got to the point where i thought i'm going to have a nervous breakdown yeah i, I just can't I, I'm so overwhelmed and I'm so overworked and I'm I have way too much stuff to get done that I can't possibly get done in in a you know yeah. specific time period. Three or four times I thought this is just this is untenable, completely untenable. And so you know you tweak it and you make changes and you know I've I've um, I've done what I can to this point. You know, like for example, uh, totally vocally, my my big choir on a Tuesday was two choirs and I merged them together last year. Uh, because it it just wasn't tenable to be doing both of those and the stuff that I'm doing in Nottingham and and also I was doing some acting and voiceover work when I first moved to Nottingham as well and and that just in case you had any free now. time yeah. <laughs> you don't want to hear that boredom or free time creeping in yeah 
<laughs> and that's I think that's the, the thing for me it's just like even now I'm like oh god I miss acting I've not done it for like two or three years now and I'd really love to get back into it and I want to write for tv and I, I I really love comedy and I've done a few comedy shows recently I did my first stand-up would you believe I've not really told anyone that that was a secret <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you um, thank you for sharing that yeah and wow. it was awesome and I really love it and like the the comedy community here the improv community in Nottingham is really good as well right um, and they keep saying when are you coming back when are you come I'm like, ah, ah. I can't <laughs> um so I don't know I, I feel like I just wish I could split myself into four people and all of us do all yeah. those different things but it's just you know it's really really hard to find the balance but you know I wake up every day with this fire going oh my god oh my god oh my god and it's just this I feel like I'm missing out and I'm you know yeah gonna be late and you know it's just always a a bit frantic really i can't ever really do pure calm (laughs) um (laughs) well so i think you wouldn't be you if you did well yeah yeah my policy at the moment is I, I, or the way that I'm trying to work this year is to to complete a project and then move on to the next one not rather than doing everything so so right now in this period I'm doing a a 12-week um acapella challenge for my choirs to keep them going yeah and and it's so time consuming I can't do everything else as well so I'm going to get those 12 that 12-week course of online tutorials done and then I'm going to go back into hello I was a singer-songwriter once Uh, let's go back to that and I'm I'm really genuinely this year feels now feels like the right time to do it when I've got all this time at home yeah yeah, and and um, I have got a load of new material. I just haven't done anything with it, and and being a singer songwriter has been totally on the back burner. Um, but I miss it, and I I I'm really ready to. Well, I think I know put that back together. A again. lot of people who will be very happy to hear that news, uh, oh, even if they've got to wait a, nice wait to a little bit longer. Uh, yeah, a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, but me, me, me included. So, uh, well, the band's still here waiting for you, Abby. I know. You... <laughs> I know. We're, and we're, you know, it was we're still available. It, it was it was really lovely working with you guys. That's a genuinely beautiful time in my life. You know that memory of ma- making the album together and doing yeah. the year of touring. Oh my god, I'm tearing up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, but and and we did. Uh, uh, we just well, we we did. Uh, so we you did your album, your studio album, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is called what? Which is amoeba and stone amoeba and stone i'm just looking around to see if i've got a copy but i haven't no, they're no. downstairs um, <laughs> uh, which is a great studio album but then we also did a live album didn't we we did we recorded yeah. a gig uh at the where was it in grantham yes the guildhall arts center in grantham Ooh, which is a absolutely lovely room um and our good friend simon allen came along didn't he and recorded the yeah, gig for us and in right. fact he went usual over the top thing with simon allen he doesn't do anything by halves uh he put a whole new pa system in there didn't he and and then, <laughs> yeah yeah he, got, he turned up early <laughs> put a new pa system in there he said yeah that that sounds better now and and then oh, uh, God, yeah, yeah. yeah it was amazing it was an <laughs> amazing experience but that's uh i'm really proud of that as well um yeah. as, as a live album that's uh we, we made a good noise uh, we did um, we did it's not the end <laughs> uh, no no well good and and uh, i look forward to hearing it and hopefully perhaps even working on a bit of it with you that would be lovely but um uh, other studios and producers and multi-instrumentalists <laughs> are available of course um, and slightly closer <laughs> and, and slightly closer to nottingham yes but uh right well uh, i i i'm going to leave you in peace because you're busy and you've taken time out uh to do this um so thank you so much um, you're welcome where can people find you and your choir and everything on this their interweb 
on the interweb, I am at abbymore.com. Nice and easy, as long as you spell my name right. <laughs> uh, which is A-B-I-M-O-O-R-E. Dot com. Dot com. Awesome. Oh, what team we are. <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, well, well, thank you for that, Abby. And uh, uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Well, all right. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye. So that's all for this week. If you want to get in touch with some constructive feedback or perhaps ideas about future subjects for these podcasts, I'd love to hear from you. Email david at therecordingbooth.co.uk, Twitter at Rural Record Pro, or my main website is therecordingbooth.co.uk. Come and find me through that. Thanks for listening to the Rural Record Producer podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please do make sure to follow, and if possible, leave a nice review of the podcast on your chosen platform. Until next time, enjoy your music.